0: Mask. Join the Mask Team and discover the Illusion.
1: Don't be fooled by their innocent appearance. It's only a disguise for the Mask Team's hidden firepower. Join Matt Tracker as he converts the Thunderhawk sports car to a flying fighter, just in time to meet the Venom Switchblade as it becomes a supersonic jet. Collect all the exciting masked vehicles and discover why Illusion is the ultimate weapon.
0: Boulder Hill Playset Rhino Switchblade. Thunderhawk, Condor, Jackhammer, Gator, Piranha.
1: Action figure and mask included with each vehicle in playset. Can- dear listener to our podcast jeff and rick present unpacking the
0: power of power pack where we journey through each issue of the most underrated marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer
1: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol i am jeff and i am rick what can i get you honey
0: uh could i get an order of random with a side of banter please you betcha one jeff and rick special coming right up random banter time buddy how you been what's been going on with you
1: Apparently, I'm getting a Blue Plate special. Um, (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, I just kind of got this weird visage of you watching the Blues Brothers too many times. Oh, I love the Blues Brothers. I
0: haven't watched that in a while. I love their music. I love the movie. That was just fantastic. And I have never seen the sequel movie, uh, probably due to not wanting to destroy how much I love a thing.
1: I think that it is a good idea that you did that, because yeah. I haven't seen it either, but at the same time, I'm kind of right there with you. Yeah,
0: it's like, I haven't even looked up IMD- IMDb <clears throat> ratings or Rotten Tomatoes, nothing on it. I'm kind of like, yes, that is a thing that exists. Yeah. And and nothing. I have no knowledge no. of it past that at all. I'm like,
1: it's a thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I have very fond memories of that movie. I, have, I, I love anything that riffs on that movie, mm-hmm. and... I just like the music and the people that got in that movie. And I find oh. so many people, like, referencing different things with oh, that. it it's like, so easy, to. And they got, <clears throat> got cameos galore, like oh, you yeah, Yeah. And we're talking, like, just the best, the cream of the crop of soul music back mm-hmm. then, too. And Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like Dan Aykroyd. I love. Oh, yeah, yeah. he
0: does a great job. Yeah, I saw a documentary that was talking about uh, Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and just how much work they were putting in because they were still full time cast members on Saturday Night Live and they were going on tour during that exact same time frame uh, as the Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. So they were just doing everything all at the same time, and it was like just ridiculous the amount of where it's like they're not sleeping; they're just going. I don't know what might have kept them awake, but
1: um. Probably a lot of things that you cannot find over the counter. (laughs) Yes. That's my guess. Or you might have been back then, but it was different counters. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it is one of my favorite movies. I enjoy that movie. I enjoy the music. I enjoy the characters. Um, And the story great i mean who doesn't love to hit and make fun of illinois nazis they're the worst <laughs> the the car crashes and yeah there's just a lot of good stuff it's it.
0: amazing everything yeah where you just think oh blues brothers it's yeah. a movie about uh about music yeah but without amazing car chases and driving through a mall
1: and <laughs> <clears throat> yeah That's the random bander we're talking about today.
0: I had other stuff to talk about, but I'm happy with just talking about Blues Brothers.
1: I'm also happy talking about this book, too.
0: Okay, let's do that.
1: Okay, let's go ahead and start with a two-sentence replay, if you wouldn't mind.
0: While skating in the park, the Power Pack have a dream-destined meeting with Franklin Richards, who guides them to their unknown and errant cousin Kofi, a teleporting chameleon youth who has come to warn them of Jackal a high snark who has come to kidnap them and use them for the upcoming snark wars. Not to be outdone by a snark, the powers soar to kidnap Franklin, then attempt to contact Friday with the radio from Kofi's crash ship, and eventually get captured by Jackal when the increasingly bratty and Franklin-hating Katie gives away their position on top of the Statue of Liberty. Now that the, it seems the powers have picked up the bad habit of kidnapping kids from all of their time with kidnappers, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is?
1: My pleasure, my friend. Last issue, in honor of Kofi, our little kid, I presented you with Space Goat.
0: Oh, Space Goat. Yeah, that was great.
1: Um, So this time, I want to honor Jackal, who I believe is truly a Space Ace. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome... Now, you read it the same way I read it, which is Space Ace. But Mm -hmm. actually looking this up today, because (laughs) um, it's actually Ace Space by California Cider Company. Okay. But meh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the Space Ace, and that's kind of what I did this for, yeah, which is great, which is great, plus also, you know, let's think about this. this is our first cider because this is done by California cider Company. This yeah, is our first is. cider, yeah, so let's think about it this way though, the Space Ace has come to attack the big apple. Uh... <laughs> You like that? You are so
0: proud of yourself right now. I am so proud of myself on that one. (laughs) That is a great tie (laughs) Yes, Jackal is a space ace because he is one of the very few high snarks, uh, which means Mm -hmm. he's an ace. Yep. And he's from space. And, uh, yeah, they're going to come attack the Big Apple, which is what ciders are made out of. And Rick is so clever. He's pumping his fist in joy.
1: (laughs) So clever. So, yes, uh, there is a little thing up there if you want to read that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, I'll trade you
0: here. Okay, I'll do this one. At a cantina on a star in a planetary system far, far away, the surviving beautiful sister takes a hit on a hookah pipe and listens for insider information. Who makes the best cider in the universe? Space. It is out of this world.
1: Off of the internet, 6.9% ABV unfiltered cider. On their website, they actually have this nice little story, or an explanation, I should say, about what Jeff just read. Our Facebook fans were polled and overwhelmingly chose this most recently launched bloody orange flavor. This unfiltered edition of Ace is to honor the owner, Jeffrey Howard. House's wife, who played Bria Tonica in the Cantina scene in the original Star Wars, hmm. her picture is featured on the bottleneck. This limited edition cider comes in a clear bottle, so you can see the vivid orange hue. Ace Space Bloody Oranges, out of this world. That is super, super cloudy. Kind
0: of grapefruity, kind of tart in that. Uh, I like grapefruit, but yeah. it, this does have a tart grapefruit kind of flavor to it. But that is super cloudy. You cannot see through that at all.
1: That, it's, a, it's a. That mixture. blocks the light. That's great. Yeah, it's a mixture of the orange and. Um and apple cider it's good though i like it No, it's tasty yeah it's very nice it's a very very nice one and since you're just coming off a cold the orange the blood orange in here and (laughs) the apples this is like a fruit salad
0: oh exactly this is a fruit salad of uh rick's like well you need orange juice so that you need that vitamin (laughs) c so here have a blood orange cider (laughs) exactly
1: vitamin c with a little bit of cyanide
0: yeah (laughs) and now the opening credits if you please. Power Pack. Issue number 17. December 1985. Snark Attack. Hey, wait a minute. They said last issue that this was going to be called Snark Hunt, but the title here is Snark Attack. Snark Attack. It's time for a mo- remo- Stop!
1: Stop, 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 stop. Family friendly. Remember.
0: Right. Continuing. Credits. Writer. Louise Simonson. Artists. June Brigman. Her last issue until the holiday special at the end of the series. And Bob Wycheck. Colorist. Glennis Oliver. Letterer. Joe Rosen editor carl potts editor-in-chief jim shooter
1: featuring power pack alex power aka g oldest power sibling increases and decreases the gravity of objects he touches julie power aka Lightspeed. second oldest power sibling flies very fast leaving a rainbow trail behind her jack power aka mass master second youngest power sibling controls his molecular density Katie Power, a.k.a. The Energizer. Youngest power sibling. Disintegrates matter, turning it into energy which she can expel into power balls. Guest starring. Franklin Richards. Son of Sue and Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. He can have dreams that show him the future. Kofi. The alien chameleon cousin of Power Pack. He can teleport. Jackal. The High Snark. Son of Queen Maraud wants to capture Power Pack for reasons. And Jarvis, the much-abused butler of the Avengers.
0: Ellis Island, there on the mighty Hudson River, in the New York Harbor, stands the Statue of Liberty, welcoming all immigrants to this great country. The magnificent lady is patient and kind.
1: And is currently hosting at least... Two illegal aliens at this very moment. Yeah,
0: you're not lying. Jackal has his tractor beam turned on and is mega mating Power Pack, Franklin Richards, and Kofi into a ship.
1: But they are resisting, like the legendary heroes that they are.
0: Actually, they're holding on to the crown for dear life with no idea what to do.
1: Like the legendary heroes that they are. You do
0: remember whose fault this is, right?
1: Yeah, Katie. She just had to yell to show up Franklin, which caught the High Snarks' attention. So... How are they going to get out of this fine mess? Well, the kids all remember the last time they victoriously fought the Snarks. They had no idea how to use their powers. This time, they know how to use them, and they are feeling ready for action. Jackie shows his cocky attitude and clouds up, ready to deal with this situation. Hey, it's sucking me up. Why? The Snarks tractor beam didn't work on my cloud form before. Kofi explains again, that this ship is set to deal with the powers and their powers. Kofi also explains that he knows what to do as chameleons are builders, and he is very knowledgeable about snark ships. And true to his word, Kofi teleports up to the cockpit, sucker punches Jackal, Bup. and turns off the sweeper ray. Click!
0: And is given the back of Jackal's hand as a reward.
1: Whacked! Power pack is free now, and it's time for some offensive offense.
0: Leaving the battling Bickersons, a.k.a. Katie and Franklin, on Lady Liberty's crown.
2: You kicked me! You fell on me on purpose! Did not!
1: It is just like listening to Don Amici and Francis Langford, if they were kids, and this was the 40s. The flying members of the team soar up to meet the aggressive alien, preparing to save Kofi, and they are met with... a bubble. Yeah, this super special spaceship spews a sphere at the super siblings. Alex determines that this may be a thing, and directs the others to split as he slowly float-flies away. So, so... Slowly. There's no
0: sound effect here, but I feel there should be a pop noise as the bubble forms around the mighty G-Force. Jackal scoops up the bubblicious power boy and receives a glancing powerball to the side of the ship for his troubles.
1: Returning the favor, Jackal launches another bubble, this time aimed at the Energizer, something Katie reminds Franklin to call her as they start running from the weaponized ball. We're not
0: including the ongoing sniping the two youngsters are constantly slinging at each other because it does not stop.
1: Shut up or I'll slug both of you. Lightspeed flies down and grabs the disputing duo, speeding away from the pursuing bubble.
0: As Jack and Julie continue to impressively evade, they discuss their situation, summing it up thusly. 1. Their smart ship Friday might be coming to help them. 2. Julie is getting really tired of carrying and listening to Franklin and Katie. 3. Katie is being even more of a brat. 4. Jack has an idea.
1: Jack's idea is to fly into the subway station, diving down the thin stairs, causing the bubble to get stuck in the entrance. Look at the big brain on Jack. Yeah, he seems very pleased with himself. Good thing they have successfully escaped. Nothing can touch them now.
2: Shaka-boom!
1: Possibly a
0: big blast from the snark ship through the roof Because lasers, remember? Snark ships have lasers in their standard arsenal And that the bubble gun is an aftermarket add-on
1: Kids fly through the station and into a South Bronx Express train Just as the doors close Did you notice
0: they flew over the turnstiles Past a ticket seller and a sleeping homeless person?
1: Yes, of course I did It's the kids who didn't Speaking of not paying attention Jack starts asking if Franklin's parents are home yet Because the Fantastic Four could really take care of Jackal I know, right? Jack, you've kidnapped Franklin.
0: You have not let him out of your sight, except for the few hours you locked him up in your closet. When could the Fantastic Four have checked in with your captive?
1: Julie, being the quote, adult, unquote, in the room, starts to request plans and teamwork from the others.
0: And as Julie asks for quiet, and the train speeds off, one of the children points out that it's the middle of the night, and that they are tired.
1: Meanwhile, high
0: above the city, home of the fighting cumulus clouds. Can we... In the snark ship, Jackal is gloating to his two captives. Well, just one, really. Jackal has mummified Alex in those nano-wraps, meaning that he is in sleepy time tea land, while Kofi has just been bound hand and foot and is awake. Jackal is going on and on about how amazing Alex is, how advanced the humans are about using their powers, while Kofi is useless. Kofi is silently glaring at the gigantic green goon.
1: You know, if you love Alex so much, why don't you just marry him, Jackal?
0: Okay, you've been hanging around with Katie too much.
1: Sorry, sorry. Jackal also mentions how awesome it would be if he had the kids transfer their powers to him. Then, he pulls down a contraption that looks like a face hugger and snaps it to the horsehead's head. This is really an advanced mind probe. You see, Jackal came here to get information and chew bubblegum. But then he realized his mouth could not actually chew bubblegum. And after
0: like 10 seconds, the young alien boy snaps and lets Jackal know that they have been following Katie's coin, which has a tracker box on his belt.
1: I am assuming he then starts to tell Jackal about how he cheated on his history exam in 3rd grade, and how in the 4th grade he stole his uncle Max's toupee and glued it into his face to play Moses in a play, and in 5th grade how he knocked his sister down the stairs and blamed it on the dog. Yeah, probably. Meanwhile on the subway in the Bronx... Home of the Fighting Wolves. What? Wait... Why the fighting wolves?
0: Well, the wolves are a gang, and they are standing about the sleeping children on the subway train. Apparently, they forgot to post a guard. Rookie party mistake.
1: Well, these wolves are so hip, they call the kids lambs and sheep and say that it is shearing time.
0: One of these real tough guys lifts up Jack, getting ready to really shake him down.
1: Power pack! Come out and play! Holy cow! Julie, everybody, wake up! FAST! Jack's warning is enough for the following to occur. Katie disintegrates the arm of the bench she was sleeping on. Jack clouds up. Katie launches a powerball.
2: Shracked!
1: Julie grabs
0: the younger two by an arm each and blasts out of the train.
1: Causing irreparable damage to the
0: shoulders of all involved. And all four 86 out of there, leaving the wolves to howl about needing to run away from the ghosts and the mutants. And the kids then find that they are now in an above ground station, which Jack says they've never seen before.
1: Whoa there, Jackie boy. Uh, Remember about eight issues ago when Brent Anderson drew you and your family going with Grandpa to Coney Island? I am pretty sure you passed a couple of elevated platforms. Jeez, buddy, pay attention.
0: Well, besides that, they are also seeing a desolate scene. The buildings are all falling down, giving the area a deserted war zone look. They don't think that they're in Kansas. I mean, Manhattan anymore. And only one of them recognizes the area. Franklin has dreamed of this place before.
1: No time for daydreaming, kids, because guess who's back? Back again. Snarky's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Somebody has created a monster because nobody wants to see Jackal no more. They want their family and not chopped liver. What are you doing? I seriously don't know.
0: Julie tells the younger two to hide and directs Jack to get Kofi and Alex while she distracts Jackal. She's so confident with her plan that she says,
2: I just figured out how to cream old Jackal.
1: If he doesn't cream you first. Julia starts to play a game of capture the rainbow with his royal greenness, allowing Jack the opportunity to lay out a warning to Katie. He gives her two rules. One, stay. Two, no fighting. Then he takes off to enact Operation Sneak Sneak Release.
0: Following rule one and rule one only, Katie plants an elbow into Franklin's side and says,
2: You heard him, baby. No fighting.
0: Nice, Katie. Real
1: nice. On board the good ship Kidnap, Jack clouds inside through an open seam caused by an earlier glancing powerball attack, proving that this ship is not watertight, spaceworthy, or cloud-proof.
0: Jack also proves that Jackal is deaf, because even though it is on open-bay design, miniaturized Jack unties Kofi, and they have a whole page of exposition while feet away from Jackal without Jackal hearing a peep. Kofi admits that Jackal probed his mind and found out about the coin.
1: And about the time he went to the movies and dumped fake puke over a balcony.
0: Jack wants him to pick up the wrapped Alex and teleport him out of there. Kofi admits that he's too young to do so, and that he might fail.
1: Tiny Jack, channeling Newt Rockney, tells a fearful foal to put on his big horse britches and just do it. Or they're all doomed. Doomed, I tell you!
0: And with a still-oblivious Jackal pursuing the speedy rainbow, Kofi completes his first body slide by two.
1: Dude, that's Kofi, not Cable. But it sounds so cool! Fair enough. Jack gives Julia a cloudy thumbs up, and she verifies that Kofi and Alex are safe on the ground and she begins to really light-cycle it up. With a quick taunt, she leads the ship and one of those bubbles on a windy race through the alleys of the abandoned buildings. And as she approaches a wall, she goes vertical. Unable to match light speeds, tight turns, the bubble crashes onto the window of Jackal's following ship.
2: Bloosh I can't see!
1: What's the wall?
2: The wall! No! Crash-kaboom!
1: Hey, Jackal! Leave those kids alone! All in all, it's just another snark on the wall. It's like
0: you see the joke coming, and you really can't avoid just embracing it.
1: No. Julie was too close to the blast and gets knocked unconscious, leaving her to fall to an untimely end. Thankfully, Kofi has now successfully leveled up his teleportation and manages to catch and bring his young cousin to safety while saying this amazing line. So beautiful and courageous, a spirit must not be snuffed so brutally. Jack congratulates Kofi on saving both Alex and Julie just like he came to Earth to do. Hooray! These words give Kofi an enveloping sense of pride, and he realizes that he is not as irredeemably backward and useless as Jackal has led him to believe he is. Jack Power, motivational
0: speaker. Meanwhile, around the block, home of the fighting blockheads.
1: Okay, you know what? Hey,
0: remember how Katie and Franklin had two rules, and how Katie broke the first one right away? Yeah. Well, are you ready to see her break the next one? Okay. Okay. Katie, like a moth to the flame, wants to see the explosion. Franklin pleads with her to stop, but Katie responds with insults and taunting. Yeesh, she's acting like such a little child. You mean like the five-year-old that she is? Touché. The two kids wander by the fiery wreckage.
1: It it, it just doesn't feel over, that's
0: all.
2: That's dumb. I'll bet that snark's fried. Nothing could walk out of that mess.
0: Okay, Katie. Couple of things. First is, wow, that's some pretty bloodthirsty lines coming out of your mouth. Second, your lack of knowledge of horror movies may be part of this, but you really should not make statements like that. If you say that you know something is dead, it's probably not, and it's about to take your face off.
1: And sure enough, Jackal jumps out of the wreckage and is not happy about his wrecked ride. He expresses his displeasure by continuing to demonstrate his inability to aim his laser gun. Cacao!
0: Needless to say, Katie and Franklin make like a tree and get the heck out of there.
1: Around the corner, Julie and Alex are recovering and being tended to by Kofi and Jack. They hear the laser fire and correctly assume that the evil exotic extraterrestrial escaped. Then they remember that they are a party of six, not four. And definitely not a party of five. Hmm. Jack flies out to find the missing munchkins, who have crawled in a window of an abandoned building. Katie has switched the target of her anger from Franklin to herself, basically telling Franklin to blame her for Jackal chasing them. So... Improvement? Well, it is her fault. Great. Now you're going to blame her too.
0: Outside, Jackal is using his GPSR to zero in on the coin Katie is still carrying. And you just keep on blaming her. When Jack recycles an oldie but a goodie. Not so fast, dog breath. Let's see how you like being clobbered by the 60-pound Jack Hammer.
1: Are you done? He likes it very well, thank you very much. Jack either missed his mark, or the big snark is living up to his hype, because we are shown the tiny Jack standing on the flat snout of the alien, with the snark's left hand coming up to flick off the annoying child. Uh-oh. Flip! Crash! Massmaster is down for the count, sprawled out on a pile of bricks. An easy target, even for Mr. side of a barn jackal Too bad Energizer shows up to distract the destructive degenerate.
2: No! Leave him alone, you stupid monster! Stract!
1: Kitty's distraction works. Now Jackal
0: is after her and Franklin again. Hooray? I would call it a lateral hooray.
1: While running, Franklin gives Energizer a compliment and laments the fact that he has lame powers. Apparently his parents, you know, those people with superpowers, they think powers are bad for kids. (coughs) Hypocrites. (coughs) They then start to wonder how Jackal keeps finding them. Katie remembers Kofi mentioning there's a tracker in her coin and deduces that this is probably the source of their troubles. Not bad, kid. But as she tearfully is about to throw it away,
0: tearfully because it is her special coin, Franklin stops her and tells her about an idea he has based on a dream that he's had. He wants the coin so Jackal will chase him. He wants Katie to help him set a trap to catch Jackal. He thinks they can do it if they work together.
2: All right, Franklin. You can carry it. But I still hate you.
1: Nice. Real nice, Katie. Franklin starts to enact his plan by politely offering the interloper an opportunity to partake in an agreed-upon discussion of varying points of view in a peaceful domestic setting by saying, Snarks are cry baby tattletail sissies, and Jackal's the biggest baby of all. Indeed. Yup, that'll do it. Mr. I-Am-Not-Playing-Your-Game sidestepped the trap and has grabbed Frankie by the cuff of the pants, just like in Frankie's dream from Fantastic Four issue 282. Franklin is begging for Katie to fire, but she doesn't want to. She's afraid of hurting Franklin. Never fear! Lightspeed is here! Julie zooms down and snatches the top from the Snark's grasp, leaving the Energizer with a wide opening to unload an energy blast. Shrek. after a great light show the whole group of six look on as a knocked out snark lies motionless on the ground hooray as they start
0: to wonder what to do now and how to keep jackal subdued friday shows up
1: double hooray by the stars i have found you
0: friday is amazed to see lord kofi and doubly amazed to see that they took down the high snark jackal and triply amazed that julie would wash the uniforms Come on, Julie. Get it together.
1: So they're trying to figure out what to do with Jacko before he wakes up, and they have to go through this whole song and dance all over again. Alex gets an idea to wrap up the offender with the neurofibers he was in to keep him asleep. They all agree that this is a swell idea, and make it so. Friday follows up with the cold
0: storage solution. He's going to stick the lizard in the frozen Arctic location they have snake eyes in, forcing the snark to hibernate.
1: This is starting to feel a little bit... Dexter-ish. They're really piling up the bodies. It's a little different than that, as
0: instead of a kill room, they have a hibernation chamber, and instead of keeping a slide-mounted blood drop as a souvenir, they have an ever-increasing collection of childhood traumas to remind them of their past adventures.
1: Later, after Friday fixes their uniforms and tells Julie that they are hand-wash only, they stop in Central Park so the kids can try to sneak Franklin back into the Avengers mansion, because I'm sure that's an easy place to sneak people into. Franklin is looking pretty down. The adventure is over, and now he has to go back to his boring life of living in the Avengers Mansion as the son of the Fantastic Four.
0: Must be rough. We don't know how he manages.
1: Well, as Doctor Doom and Gloom pants is sulking off to the side... He is whispering to Friday. After checking with the rest of the team, Friday pulls out a new uniform, this time in red with a symbol that I always interpreted as a keyhole with an eye in it. Uh, explain that. Well, Franklin can see into the future or present through dreams, and he is also about to show another cool wrinkle in his power in future issues. He basically is a sneaky spy who can watch what others do, kind of like spying on them through a keyhole.
0: Franklin puts on his new duds and silver boots and is quite proud of himself, even after Katie gives him the superhero name of Tattletail.
1: Hey, Frankie likes it! And he and Katie start play-pushing each other while calling each other dumb and laughing and smiling.
2: You know, Alex, we may have just made a terrible mistake.
1: The kids then fly Franklin back to the Avengers mansion. Home of the Avengers. Don't you mean home of the fighting Avengers?
0: I wasn't doing a bit there.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the home of the Avengers is probably surrounded by police cars and S.H.I.E.L.D. agents trying to gather as much information as possible about the missing child of Sue and Reed Richards. Nope. It really doesn't look like any of that has happened. The kids swear Franklin
0: to secrecy about their powers and say goodbye. Alex also gives Franklin some advice, saying that he should not be afraid of using his powers.
1: To take over the world!
0: Well, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, it was actually a really pretty sweet moment. He says that he shouldn't be afraid to use his powers, but that he might want to use them to stay out of trouble sometimes as well.
1: We leave this issue with a very worried Jarvis answering the door and picking up his lost charge. Franklin says that he was chasing after a dream, but he found it. And now he is back. And he is a big boy. And he wants to be called Frank.
0: I'm sorry. Listen here, little Lord Fauntleroy. You have been gone for about 24 hours. Your name is Mud. You are not going to see the light of day for a while. The Avengers have got to have a supervillain cell in there somewhere. And you, sir, are the new occupant.
1: Next issue, from the pages of Secret Wars 2, The Beyonder.
0: Actually, the issue is called Curse, but whatever. Actually, between this issue and the next, the pack shows up in Secret Wars 2, issue 6, for like a minute. So, next episode, we'll touch on that very special issue.
1: But we won't talk about why every time Death shows up, we have to call him Dave. What? Uh, Never mind. There
0: you go. (laughs) That's an issue.
1: That is an issue. You know what surrounds this issue? The Power Pack packaging!
0: (laughs) And advertisements. There's like three. For every cover, there's three advertisements. Fair enough. Back, back, and front, back.
1: <laughs> front ways, back ways. Yes. Inside out, front ways, and back ways.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, we have got an issue here, and um, we will see our last art that we'll see for a while from June Brigman.
0: Yeah, thus um, passes June Brigman. Lord of Power Pack.
1: Yes. One of the two creators (laughs) of 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 Power Pack, yes. We we do have a nice issue cover here. We've got something that looks right out of the book.
0: Oh, yeah. That is basically exactly a scene that... it, Mm. Almost exactly the scene that happened.
1: Right. Uh, So what we've got here is we've got Jackal holding up Franklin by his cuff of his pants upside down kind of shaking out the change
0: yep <laughs> yeah he's lunch money <laughs> he's,
1: he's lunch money. uh franklin looks very very scared and we have katie coming up and in the background there's kind of uh the 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 wall of a building looks like it's been demolished, partly demolished and we have Katie running up, and she's firing off two power balls that are about to hit Franklin in the back. Um, I, I think they're actually supposed to hit Jackal, but yeah. You
0: <laughs> well, the, you know, it's Katie stuff. They it's, zip and zag.
1: Yeah, they zip and zag. Once again, we have not all of Power Pack shown on the cover, nope. and this time we only have well, we have at the two time, members. Katie. Yeah, at the but, yeah. time Katie, but now we have two members of Power Pack: Katie and, and Franklin. I mean, no, this is classic June Brigman art. Uh, we're gonna miss her art. We're gonna miss how she draws the kids. Yeah, she even draws. Franklin, much better than, June, than, <laughs> than Byrne dro, drew oh, Franklin.
0: Wow, well, very, well, yeah, I can't even exaggerate just <laughs> how terrible Franklin looked when Byrne did it and how great it looks when uh, Brigman does it. Yes.
1: No, this is this is a fantastic issue cover. I, I really, really like it a lot. Like last issue when we were talking about the artwork with June Brigman and Bob Wycheck, they split the duties on this. So once again, as June Brigman was kind of like getting to the point of, hey... I can't really do this. This is really hard. Yeah, it's a great transition
0: over. But I do have a complaint about the cover. Sure. And uh, the complaint with the cover is the same as what I have with inside of the uh, issue itself. Uh, If you look at Franklin, now here's the thing. Anytime that they've shown in the dream and everything, uh, the cover and in this issue itself, when uh, Jackal is holding up uh, Franklin, it is by the cuff of his left pant leg where it's like, okay, that's accurate. But in this, on the cover, his uh, pants are orange. His coat is uh, kind of like a a tan color. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, that's not the color of his outfit. And in this issue, his hoodie is red. Where in the previous issue, it was blue. He was like dressed head to toe in blue. But so little continuity error that I've picked up on that I remember picking up on when I uh, when I was a kid reading this as well.
1: I think we'll blame Bob Wietchek. Okay, we can do that because I'm I'm, gonna, I, I'm guessing he was the anchor on it. Okay, <laughs> I'm We're not sure who that. the anchor was. <laughs> well, it's well, it's we, a, we've it's, read. It. I can find out. Yeah, but for the cover, for oh. the cover. <laughs> no, so no, no. so uh, yeah. No, we're not going to blame anybody. It's, yeah, it's no. just a continuity. Yeah, it's it,
0: it, it, it's it's a tiny little bit of nothing. It changes nothing in the issue at all. It's just yeah. the, it's just one of those things where I'm like, hey, that's not quite right, but it's still super accurate. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was still a hoodie. It was just a red hoodie instead of a yeah. blue one, and blah blah blah. Doesn't matter. But it was the thing I noticed.
1: Speaking of Franklin, though, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about him, the new fifth Beatle of Power Pack. Yep. Yes.
0: Yeah. So okay, so we are officially saying he's got a costume. He's a yes. member of Power Pack. Yes. He can now be part of the. Uh, Best of, worst of. Yes, yes. School,
1: yeah, and And, and, yep. and I'd, also, I'd also like to say, even though Kofi doesn't necessarily have a, a uniform Well, he does. He's got his million yeah, well, uniform. Yeah. But he is also technically part of Power Pack at this yeah. point in time. Um, I still am kind of like on the fence about Friday. Friday is sentient, in. Sentin in
0: but, yeah, well, <sighs> they also send him into space, into the bottom of the ocean, yeah. and rivers and stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Nah, necessarily. I, 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 let's for our, for our purposes, we'll go ahead and say we can use any of the six. We can yeah. use, you know, Kofi and Franklin and the, original and the Power
0: form. Kids. Yeah, and then uh, it's like on our Patreon page, our one dollar thing is uh, the Friday level, where it's like <laughs> you are a valuable member, but sometimes we forget about you. Who? But <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> that'd be Friday. <laughs> I'm excited about this because I know that there. are... Uh, kind of looking ahead, this is kind of the period of time where I started collecting Power Pack. Mm-hmm. Once we get a little bit closer to when the Mutant Massacre and Power Pack crosses over with Mutant Massacre, I, I know that might have been one of my first issues of Power you Pack. You
0: know, I think that might have been one of mine as well, actually. <laughs> But, and I'm going to have to see with the uh, bags that I have them in because it's like, hey, from Pegasus Comics, which doesn't exist anymore, I've got, uh, you know, the price stickers on there. Like this one is uh, on the cover of the issue is a $0.65 cent comic, and I know I picked it up for $0.90, cents, so I'm out a, a crisp quarter. <laughs>
1: I was looking at that issue recently because I wanted to kind of re-familiarize myself with what happens Mm -hmm. in it. And as I was looking at it, it seemed really familiar because they're playing with Franklin and they're kind of, they're doing different things. And Franklin's over at their house at that time. And I was like, something kind of clicked in my head. Like, yes, this is the period of time I remember. I always remember Franklin kind of being part of the team, even Mm -hmm. though he wasn't one of the actual power kids. So it's kind of neat to see him there again and revisit how my feelings on him are going to be. So far, I'm liking him. And I, it'll be interesting to see how, I, how it goes forward. I think I'm actually going to like him more than I did in the past.
0: Well, I know in, uh, you know, a little bit of spoilers, but I know in my, uh, you know, the past two issues, he's, you know, he's been top of the chart for me, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. We kind of mentioned The Secret Wars, and I think we are going to talk about it a little bit more next time, next mm-hmm. issue. We'll get into the very brief, Appearance that they have with uh, the Beyonder in Secret Wars. Power Pack showing up in Secret Wars number six really takes off directly from this issue because when they knock out Jackal and Katie blasts him with his with her energizer beams, he's holding his laser gun at that time. And when they wrap him up, they never mentioned the laser gun. Jim Shooter used that as kind of the impetus for Power Pack showing up in the next issue, because the laser goes missing, Franklin has a dream, and Power Pack has to go out to find the laser gun and deal with the repercussions. And it only takes him about a page, because it's Secret Wars 2, and, you know, plotting and any good writing <laughs> is Why? not is not synonymous. With... Why bother with it when you can just move on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but going back a little bit to Franklin, I think it is kind of cool to see him playing with other kids. And I think this is something that's really kind of neat and really and makes sense for how they use him mm-hmm. going forward. Because you see him as an only child. And I know that with my daughter, and you might see this with your oh, daughter yeah, in the future. I'm going to. As much as our daughter loves us, she also loves playing with other kids. Oh yeah. And well,
0: I know No, I've got two neighbor girls. They love seeing Aurora, but anytime we go outside and uh, Aurora hears them playing or something, she's all squee! And just goes running to him.
1: Yeah. So. There, there's something about just being with other kids and playing with other kids. And I think that that is something that Franklin is really going to want. I mean, that's what he's kind of saying at the end of the issue. He is sad to go back to the Avengers Mansion and the Fantastic Four, even though it's the Avengers Mansion and yeah, Fantastic well, Four. It's one it's, of those
0: things that that sounds a lot cooler than it probably is. Because right. think of it. It's like these he's surrounded by adults that are constantly going on missions and have a lot Uh, larger pressing things uh, with their assorted love lives and uh, dependency issues and whatnot than to deal with a a five-year-old or four and -and a half-year-old
1: Just because he's close friends with Thor and Captain America and Iron Man doesn't mean that they play with him all the exactly.
0: time Exactly. Yeah. I'm so sure. I bet Thor probably you know like tolerates him a bit. Well like send him to go get his mead. And Cap Cap probably does play with him. Sure. Cuz Cap, you know, Cap's, like, Cap's Cap. Yeah. yeah. And then Tony uh there's probably a little notification where anytime Tony maybe plays with them. Jarvis <laughs> is like <clears throat> uh, Mr. stock <laughs> if you could just maybe go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Why? i doubt stark would even want yeah. to have anything to do with them but if he did people are probably like hey tony maybe maybe not maybe, maybe not maybe cap the bottle maybe maybe go put out your the lab. cigarette you know <laughs> yeah. maybe he doesn't hear about your supermodel conquest you know
1: maybe well you know we you know we're making jokes like this but then we but then you think he hangs out with a Thing, and The Thing's always smoking a cigar, probably yeah. in front of uh, Franklin. And then he hangs out with, you know, Johnny Storm, who, talk about him.
0: Oh, you know, yeah.
1: Heading over models. Yeah. Anyways, albeit that, it's a chance for him to have a normal life. It's it a chance really for him is. to be with normal kids, quote unquote. Yeah, it's the,
0: the quote unquote normalcy of the kids. And here's kind of the thing, too, is, you know, Jim Powers is a scientist. He's yeah. actually respected in the community. He's he's kind of a known name. You know, it's like Kitty Pride is taking a physics course from him. So it uh, was awesome. <laughs> you know, which was a really great little aside. But yeah, so probably when Reed Richards is like, oh, hey, that's cool. I could talk to your friend's dad.
1: That does happen, which is awesome when it does. It's probably going to be
0: like, oh, somebody that's kind of on my level. But at the same time, it's like, now here's the child reader version for you, Jim.
1: Other thing I wanted to bring up is Jackal. We have this great supervillain. They've Mm -hmm. taken him down. And unlike other superheroes, well, most superheroes don't kill their villains, really. But, you know, they don't have Batman's Arkham Asylum. Yeah. They don't have the raft. But they do have a freighter that they've put up in the North Pole (laughs) that they've already stored one lizard-type alien. What's the second one?
0: They've got polar bears for guards.
1: (laughs) Why not? What could
0: possibly go wrong? You know what? It's a great stopgap. Yes. Uh, It gets rid of the problem. Possibly permanently. What are the repercussions?
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? Do you think that the high snark jackal is going to be missed? You know, maybe just a lot mm. and that
0: means that more people are gonna come looking for for 'em. And you know who the last people that saw him were?
1: Hmm. I think it starts with P and ends with ACK. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, starts with P ends with our pack.
1: Jacko was a great villain. Yeah. And and, and he was actually, you know, somebody that they could be afraid of.
0: Yeah, he was competent.
1: Yes. Unlike the wolves.
0: Well, okay, here's the deal. Okay, you're a gang of three tough, you know, whatever, adolescent adult gang members. And you're going to shake down kids in what really looks like onesie pajamas. You guys are just scum.
1: You're also scraping the barrel because how much cash do you think they got?
0: Yeah. I'm going to take your... uh, There's
1: some real nice
0: moon boots you (laughs) kids got there. It would be a real shame if somebody stole them. I mean, they're too way too small to fit me and uh i want your do you have any comic books or bubble gum on you
1: <laughs> but I, I bring up the wolves because well it's kind of fun to make fun of them but also because there was not any literature in here i went off on a little bit of a tangent mm-hmm. i saw them and i made a joke out of it About the Warriors. I thought, hey, the wolves, you know, power packs passing through their territory. This reminds me of the movie The Warriors. I decided to do the library card on The Warriors, Mm -hmm. not knowing that it was actually a book. (laughs) (laughs) So, huzzah me. The Warriors is a novel written by Sol Yurik, and it's also a 1979 American action thriller film, and that was based upon the book. The book is based upon Anabasis, and that's a book of the ancient Greek professional soldier and writer Xenophon. And I am probably trouncing these names because I am not a Greek historian. But this was composed around the year 370 BC. Besides military history, Adebasis has found use as a tool for the teaching of classical philosophy, the principles of leadership and government exhibited by the army, and this can be seen as exemplifying Socratic philosophy. This book and this movie that traces one gang's travel and trials through many, many, multiple ganglands in a in a dystopian society and dystopian New York landscape. It's kind of fascinating that this is all based upon an ancient Greek text, which was kind of used as a training tool for philosophy and military and civilian and government. But you can kind of see it for those of you who are not familiar with the Warriors movie. And the book stands to this pretty well. There's this one centralized character who has decided that he's calling a peace meeting with all of the gangs together. And he wants to try to get all the gangs to come together and work together to... Basically form an army. Yeah. To, to get these gangs together to form an army to go after kind of the rest of civilization. Kind of a cool idea. And he's starting to get them on side. Can you dig it? Yeah. <laughs> From yeah, the movie. yeah. Here's the lines you will know from the Warriors. Yeah. Can you dig it? And, and? Warriors, come out and play! So during this meeting, the central figure, he gets shot and killed. All the blame is put onto this one gang. And they're seen kind of as a weak gang. Now they got to get back to their home turf, which is all the way through New York City and onto Brooklyn. And they've got to get through all of these other turfs that are controlled by other gangs that are after their... They're trying to kill them. The movie and book all revolve around their tribute, their trials as they go through and and try to survive the night. But it's a uh, there are some parallels between that and what what's going on here. It's not really a gang that's after trying to kill Power Pack. It's just one snark, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do run into other gangs. <laughs> so I know that this was probably nowhere near Louise Simonson's <laughs> thoughts when she wrote it, but I just thought it was kind of funny that. As I was looking at this and making a little joke, I was able to come across some very interesting information about a movie that I kind of like yeah, and books that are based upon deep philosophical thoughts. That's what I got. I mean, it's not a scientific corner, but it's no, what I got. No, but, <laughs>
0: but it's the corner of a gangland that everybody was in. Yes, it, yes it is. It's their little corner of uh, South Bronx. South Bronx Expressway, the Wolves' Territory. If you're passing between 33rd and 39th Street, that's Wolves' Territory. After that, I guess you're fine.
1: Hey, little lambs, come out so we can cheer you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, as Rick said, Science Corner. So uh, we're in Science Corner, where I'm going to explain some science stuff. And in this issue, we had Jackal shooting some uh, power dampening and trapping <clears throat> seeker bubbles at the Power Kids. And when he was doing this... Jack was even like, what's he doing? Blowing soap bubbles at us? Now I have no idea what these soap what these you know soap bubbles were made out of or how they worked, but it did give me an idea, and you know, partially in thanks to Hey Jack for saying soap bubbles. So the idea is that we can talk about the science of soap bubbles. A soap bubble is a thin film of soapy water. The film that makes up the bubble has three layers. A thin layer of water is sandwiched between two layers of soap molecules. Each soap molecule is oriented so that it's polar or hydrophilic head faces the water, while its hydrophobic hydrocarbon tail extends away from the water layer. No matter what shape the bubble has initially, it will try to become a sphere. The sphere is the shape that minimizes the surface area of the structure, which makes it the shape that requires the least energy to achieve. A bubble gets its color from light waves reflecting between the soap film's outer and inner surfaces. The distances between the layers get smaller as the water evaporates, making the colors change. Bubbles can also reflect what's around them, like the faces peering at them. Now, to why bubbles pop. Other than being poked or landing on something sharp, bubbles pop when the water between the soap film surface evaporates. To note, when it's cold, these molecules take longer to leave. If you blow a bubble in a calm winter day, a bubble can even freeze and last for several minutes before it wisps away. So thank you, Jack, for suggesting soap bubbles as a science corner thing. And that's a pop bubble.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Thank you, Mr. Scientist. Let's move this uh, subway train out of the wolf's territory and into Final Thoughtsville. Mm-hmm. hmm Come on, that was a good segue. No, that was a great segue. It was all aboard the train oh. to final thoughts, Bill. First stop Refrigerated Gallery. So, in this section, we like to point out that piece of artwork that we so love. And, you know, raising a glass to June Brigman uh, for June? some nice, good art.
0: Yeah, we're going to miss you.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, let's start off with our funny, which I guess is our new category. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My joke one is on page 22 in the bottom left-hand corner, and I call it Up Up. (laughs) <laughs> and it is a uh, picture of Jarvis opening the door and he's all disheveled looking and startled to, to see Franklin standing in front of him. And Franklin has the standard little kid arms up in the air, you know, where you kind of pulse the hands and it very much stands for up, up, let me up, you know, pick me up. So I saw that and I'm just like, that is just, that is a super kid thing to do. That is an amazing little bit of art. It's funny, uh, mostly just because up, up.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair but enough.
0: I, I do love that panel and it is just... Man, anybody that's seen a kid or has a kid totally knows that look. So
1: Very nice choice, very mm-hmm. nice choice. For my funny one, I've already kind of talked about this and I've already actually made the joke. Really? But uh, on page 18, we are going to have the mirror image of the cover of the book. Ah. Because at the... Bottom right corner of page 18, we have the shot that pretty darn close to the beginning of the book. It is almost exactly. It is it is differently it is
0: different, but it is almost the exact yeah. same.
1: I mean, uh, uh, Katie's not shooting fireballs yet, but this is the shot. But the piece I like and the joke I made is you got the snark holding on to the cuff of Franklin's jean and he's trying to shake him to get out the money <laughs> in his pockets. Come on, where is that loose where's that loose change? <laughs> (laughs) Hey, buddy, spare any quarters? I want your lunch money. (laughs) Uh, What is your backup, sir? (laughs) I'm
0: sorry, I'm busy laughing about (laughs) that.
1: It's taco day at school, and I want a second order.
0: (laughs) Snark taco land. My backup is on page 15 in the bottom left-hand corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And I call it You Can Pick Your Nose and You Can Pick Your Friends <laughs> It It is the uh, picture of uh Jack, Tiny Jack standing on Jackal's Snout with uh, Jackal looking straight at screen and he's about to get you know, flick Jack off his nose and Jack's all uh oh. So
1: That's what my number one That's your number Uh-oh. one? Uh oh.
0: It was uh, this was really close to being my number one. I flipped the even my joke one, I'm kinda like I don't like that as my number one too. I flip flopped around on my on my uh yeah. on my picks, but yeah, I just it's a great one. It's what, a great one. What did you call it?
1: I called it Uh-Oh. No, that's a great name for
0: it. <laughs> Uh-Oh. And a lot shorter than what I wrote down.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> My backup was on page 12, and it's the bottom of page 12, and it's Julie getting the uh, getting the explosion of oh, yeah. the ship, mm-hmm. and she's flying backwards, and it's a great shot, and it's it Crash Kaboom, because that's in the center of the explosion, and you see her flying backwards. It's just very, very cool. I mean, you just... You can feel the pressure, really. It's really nice. Yeah,
0: that's a hit. Yeah. No, that's a good one. And Again, another amazing art issue. Yes. It really, really is.
1: What was your top one?
0: My top one is on page 14, and it's the upper right-hand corner. And I call it Unsurvivable. And this is where uh, Katie and Franklin are standing in front of the downed, burning Mm -hmm. snark ship. And Katie is all, nothing could walk out of that mess. And inside that mess is... uh, A burning outline of jackal with his eye glowing and franklin's all you know front lit so his back's all in shadow it just looks cool it's super metal
1: i'm just trying trying to think that i can pick out the ones you want i like the
0: neat lighting ones yeah it's the ones
1: where there's a a definite shading or light issue and less color
0: it seems that way i think you're right yeah it's just i don't know i saw again great art throughout the Mm -hmm. issue this i just thought looked really cool because it's the scary monster coming out of the flames it's the terminator moment it's just everything about it's really neat
1: good Good choices all around, even though you stole mine. Stole your number one. Stole my number one. We do and, that from time and, to time, and I kind of hate you, Mister Boogerhead. Oh, oh, you. oh, oh! That means that we are in Rubber Glue Land. Yes, we are. Dog yes, we bro. are. <laughs>
0: I think we're going to have the same number one. We might have the same number one. I'd almost put beer money on it.
1: I'm the one who buys the beer.
0: I'd be willing to let you put more money on it for me. (laughs) Double (laughs) or nothing, Rick. Well, actually, double or the same double.
1: Well, let's start off with the backups first. Yep.
0: My backup is on page three and is the center panel. And I'm attributing this to both Jack and to Julie because this was the scene where uh, Jackal has fired one of his trapment balls at him and Alex is all, "Uh, this is going to do something. You guys got out of here. I'll take care of myself. Go, 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 go. And they're all kind of like, but you know, you can't. He's all, do what I said, Jack, move it now. And it shows the rainbow zipping one one way and a thought bubble coming out of it or a word bubble is bossy and the cloud zipping another way and the word bubble coming off screen is grouch. So that is (laughs)
1: bossy and grouch. Not to mention that's actually a. really cool shot oh it is and this goes back to your science corner with the reflections yeah Uh, and followed up with the next panel where the where the bubble is coming right on top of Alex right before it hits him yeah it's got the big distorted the distorted Alex head. yes no those are good good calls Mm and I like that one I would like you to move forward to page 16 Mm mm-hmm and at the top, we have Katie, who uh, is shooting a Powerball over and trying to distract our high snark. And she lets out a...
2: No! Leave him alone, you stupid monster!
1: <laughs> so, stupid monster.
0: A yep. Stupid monster. <laughs> stupid monster's a good one. No, there were some great burns in this. Honestly, for the best uh, insults and everything, it goes to Jackal, because he is just... He is just owning the mic the entire time, especially to Kofi. He's just like, oh, you're pathetic and weak. You know what? Why do you guys value the human so much? You've given him up to us twice already, and now a third time. But it's he's
1: it, it's, it's not really doing insults. He is just
0: tormenting. T- tormenting. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah.
1: Okay, you've got beer money writing on this. What page?
0: All right. Oh, boy. Let's see if you're going to have to pay yourself twice. First place. Page 18. Yeah. Franklin. You want to say it?
1: Snarks are crybaby, tattletale sissies, and jackals the biggest baby of all. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That is. All of oh, them. <laughs> it it. Franklin, Franklin drops it. Yeah. Dropping the mic. Yeah, he yes. just
0: drops the bomb big no, no, time. No, no, you are
1: complete. There's nothing else it could be. It really. Yeah, it yeah. was.
0: It was the win. There's some, you know, hey dog brass. There's all sorts of stuff in here, but it is. It's very much Franklin. Just like here's a bunch of words. Each one of them is mean. Yeah. In, in like a four year old sense. You know.
1: Speaking of. The good good kids and the bad bad kids and the bad bad kids. Although I will say this, I, I we don't have an automatic winner for the worst kid this time. I don't no. think we do.
0: Uh, no, not really. I kind of I know who I'm going with, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, even with the best kid, it's just kind of like, yeah. If if like if we cut one of them out, it could go a- yeah. any way. And yeah. with the bad kid, I'm still gonna say it's Katie.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I- Katie's kind of an obvious one because of yeah. how mean she is to, mm-hmm. to Franklin. This time around, it's there's a little bit more give and get on yeah. this. I still think that, for, for myself, I think Katie has some redemption at the end. It's at the end. And, and because of that, I kind of had to... Him and Han, I actually removed her, and I put Alex. Alex... Yeah, I, again, thought about that, but here was, the, here was the only problem. Alex wasn't
0: really a bad kid. He just didn't do anything. He got anything. sidelined. He got sidelined fast. On page three, he got sidelined, yeah. and then he was out until...
1: Near the end. Yeah, and then, like page 18 or something. And, and that's where I was at, is that I ended up dinging him and sending him to detention because he was Mr. I'm not here right now. Page 20 is where he yeah. comes back, yeah. So I just... It's because he just was a movable piece... And he was out of the picture, which was kind of nice because it gave Julie a chance to really step up as leadership. and yeah. I think she did a good job with that. No, her and
0: Jack went back and forth. they yeah, each, they, they they each will... came up with ideas. Mm-hmm. They each uh, went and rescued people. They, yeah, everybody, they they were all doing stuff. Yeah.
1: So and it's just because of that that I just I just didn't like Alex. I understand why you okay. went with Katie though. I
0: and I, but I also see you know where it was just like he did a self sacrifice where he was like, you two got to get out of here. I'll take care of myself. And he was like, I'm going to get caught, but you guys got to go.
1: I I think that yeah. he probably could have. He could have been pulled away by by one of the other kids and would have been fine. Yeah, there's that,
0: but then they wouldn't have any reason to try yeah. and go, you know, get Kofi up onto the ship or have Jack go rescue. There was yeah. a lot of the story that would be cut out if Alex sure. uh, hadn't been captured. So. But yeah, right. it was it was it was a trade up on who the bad kid was. Uh, I'm still going to stick with with uh, Katie. Mm-hmm. Sticking with Alex, yeah. absolutely acceptable. Both I think were are very good
1: choices. And I think you chose Franklin as your winner, right? Oh, what are you a prognosticator? You kind of you kind of drop your card there. Do you have a tattletale ability? No, no, are no. You, but I know. But I got him Reed on speed dial. Richard?
0: Yeah, are you read Richard's unknown older child? T-
1: Why do you think Franklin's the best?
0: He just was. He was fantastic. Uh, He was, okay, so he was fighty with uh, Katie, but that was kind of expected. Uh, But also, you know, it's just he kind of knew what was going on. You know, it's like Katie is in tears getting ready to throw away her tracker coin. And he's like, wait, no, don't throw it away. Give it to me we can set a trap i'll put myself in the line of, of fire and that way you can get this monster off our tail uh you know it's like we we, we just got to work together come on let's do all this. so it was just i liked i like franklin a lot especially in these two issues he's just like this awesome kid and yeah it's kind of like he knows what's going on he kind of he's making plans you know kind of on the fly but kind of based off of stuff mm-hmm. that he had seen in his dreams i just like franklin quite a lot
1: i liked i like franklin a little bit more in the last issue um this mm. one i ended up giving mine to jack
0: Hey, yeah, because I, I, well again if uh, I think I might have said it but if I didn't mm. if Franklin we weren't going to count him yeah. I was going to give it to Jack
1: because Jack had multiple good ideas mm-hmm. his his speech that he gave to Kofi oh, to yeah. bump him up yeah. that was a thing of beauty right yeah. there it's like come on man you've got this power you can do it I mean he was like he was a little Jiminy Cricket he there.
0: was like we said Jack power motivational yeah. mm-hmm. speaker yes so no, just, again Jack fantastic yes. choice
1: yeah I think that Jack did a, did a really good job this time around and yes he was still being himself and little snipes <laughs> yeah. here and there but still him and julie worked great together Oh, they were being a really good team you know we chose different ones all the way around but that's okay oh we have a rainbow oh we do uh we've got six characters now to choose from yeah. but i mean
0: yeah exactly yeah we've got a we got a full table
1: yeah we got a full table we mm-hmm. got a full table being meaning that we have chosen different people for each one of our areas <laughs> yeah that doesn't happen very often does not happen
0: very often no g's it is another zero g episode so let's just run through this you can find zero g's in space which is where aliens come from we have a g average of 1.59 which is a bugatti race car going from zero to 100 kilometers an hour in uh, four seconds and our g total still stands at 27 which is double and a half uh, jet plane so there you go
1: now we are to the point in time where we want to Evaluate this issue against the rest of the stories in our top grade segment. Number one on our list is Power Pack number four, Rescue, which is hanging in there for quite a time. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom, we have Secrets. That's Power Pack number six. Now, last time, with the first half of this two-issue story arc, Mm -hmm. we had Power Pack number 16 placed at number five. Mm -hmm. So the question is, do we like this more or less than that one?
0: Uh... I think I like The Kid Who Fell to Earth a little bit better. I, I agree yeah. with you. This is still a good issue.
1: And I know that last time we also were talking a lot about whether or not uh, The Kid Who Fell to Earth should really be above number six, which was Power Play. Mm-hmm. And we were having which is a real, the very first issue. The very first issue. I think in this case I'd still like Power Play more than I'd like this one. I could go with that. Um, but um, do you like
0: it better than Fireworks then which is the baseball one
1: You know what I'm going to say yes Yeah I'm going to say yes because I think that this is a, Fireworks is a really nice one off story mm-hmm. but I there are still some issues with it I think there're still some Well there, again, I a think little clinks that are in there
0: There's that I also think we're making it we put a lot more into it than might have been there
1: It's a really good story It's a
0: yeah it's a good yeah. story
1: And I and I've got no problem where it's at mm-hmm. in, in the list I think that this is still more well-put-together
0: Yeah, Yeah, I would uh, rather read this one uh, than, uh, yeah. than fireworks again.
1: So, yes, we are going to go ahead and say that this is going to be the new number seven. Mm-hmm. There we go, there we go, there we go. That brings us to our final thoughts on this tasty, tasty Space Ace cider, our first cider yeah. that we have here. It's- I still consider ciders beers.
0: It's a beverage. It's alcoholic. Yeah. I'd put it in a pint glass and drink it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can
0: go to a bar and order it yes. and have.
1: Here's my way of describing why I consider this to be a beer. It's not a beer, but I, why I consider it to to fit into our category of drinking type of microbrews and things like that is um, if I can record this on Untapped, it counts. <laughs> <laughs> Because
0: everything is untapped.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to look for things that are going to fit and some fun things. And I have found a couple of ciders that are going to work with this. There are times, I'm going to not lie to you, our faithful listeners, that it is hard to find things that match up. Yeah. <laughs> I work hard on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like having a few ciders in here. Plus, I think it's kind of nice to try different things. Yeah. That being said, how would you rate this? I let me t- Let's talk a little bit about this because I have noticed one thing. I know that there are some people that really are cider fans. There is a camps of people who like sweet ciders and more natural, sour, or tart ciders. Yeah, and, and this is a sweet cider. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very, very sweet. It's almost a little too sweet for me. I like sweet.
0: Mm, I like sweet a lot. Uh, I like this quite a little bit. Uh, I, For me, this is definitely in the four, four and a half category.
1: Where are you going to land on?
0: Oh, four.
1: I like this one, Mm -hmm. um, but as I'm getting a little closer to the bottom, I think that the, amazingly for me even, the sweetness is overpowering it a little bit. Okay.
0: I don't think, this is, I really like it. I'm enjoying the flavor. It's got, it does have grapefruity tones to me. It kind of, you know, it has a little bit of a dry finish. So when you smell it, it does have, you know, it has a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of that kind of fermentation yeah. nose going on with it and everything as well. Really liking it. Don't know if I'd just sit and crack them open all day long. Yeah. I would definitely have one.
1: Yeah, I think I think your four is good for you. Yeah. I think for me, I'm going to go for three and a half. Okay. Like I said, this is a good one. I, I would recommend this in mm-hmm. a heartbeat still. It's just that if your taste is more towards the, the unsweetened tart one... Stay far away from
0: this. (laughs) All right. Now we're to kids' perspective, and that's where we ask a question or premise of the book to Rick's seven-year-old, (laughs) eight-year-old, caught myself there, his eight-year-old daughter, and we get her opinion on the book. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away.
1: Well, hello, Carrie. Hello. How are you today?
2: Good. Good. This is a fresh new day, everybody. <laughs> Very fresh.
1: Very fresh. We aren't doing like multiple recordings in a row, are we? No, yeah. we're not. No, no, no. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> We
2: can't be doing that. No way, no
1: way. No way. <laughs> but we're gonna be talking about Power Pack, Pack? 17, right? Yes. Okay. What'd you think of this one? What what's uh how'd you like this one compared to the other ones?
2: Well, I like how Katie started liking him.
1: Ah, yes, that's been bothering you, hasn't it? Yes. Yes, and now they like each other, right?
2: Finally.
1: She finally started to like him. How yeah. did she How did she come to start to like him?
2: So Katie, she um she's been like, well, I was the youngest first. Uh-huh. Now she like, seems like Has this all been happening because because of me?
1: Yeah, she's been kind of figuring that out, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. And she realizes that a lot of times it's her fault, right? Yeah. Yeah?
2: Mm-hmm. Compared to her brothers and sisters. <laughs>
1: it's because she realized that it was her attitude and the way she was treating Franklin that got her, got them all into this mess, right? Yeah. At the end, not only did she kind of say she was sorry, but what else did she do?
2: She told Friday that, that Franklin should be part of the team. That was pretty
1: nice of her, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. And look, he has his own thing, Majiggy. His own what? costume.
1: Was that on his chest? I don't
2: know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You probably don't see this that often because in in old houses, doors used to have these keyholes on them. And people used to be able to look through the keyhole and see people in a room. And it kind of was a way that people would spy on each other. They'd look through the keyhole and see people. You don't see that on a lot of doors nowadays. So that's kind of like a keyhole with somebody looking through it. That's kind of like his powers where he kind of spies on people. Yeah?
2: Yeah, but I thought it should be a thinking bubble. Why do you say that? Because he has special dreams, and a thinking bubble would suit dreams.
1: That is a <clears throat> very interesting thought, Carrie. I like that. That's a very good idea.
2: Wait, maybe it should have the keyhole, and then instead of the circle, there should be like, like a little cloud?
1: Like a thought bubble?
2: Yeah. Then it would be mixed together. That's not a bad idea.
1: Is there anything else that you really, really liked about this issue?
2: jack finally found a way to be useful
1: <laughs> oh jack had jack had some good ideas didn't he mm-hmm. but you think he's just being a little useful yeah he's not a bad guy <laughs> he's kind of smart he loves his brothers and sisters right
2: i know and he also well, likes
1: franklin too right
2: yeah he loves it
1: <laughs> well thank you very much for your time carrie i appreciate it i love you love you too Showed up time! We'd like to recognize those listeners that take time to leave us reviews, say nice things about us on social media, go to our webpage. On Facebook, Al Sedano, Jeff Polier, Keith Baker, and Gary Key. On
0: Twitter, Malcontent79, Scott Slangward, Secret Wars and Beyond, Ed Verrochi, Tim Price, Greg Rujo R&D Adventures, Alexander, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Nethead, Talking Alpha Flight, Ryan Daly, Gal walks into a comic shop, Fractal, Mm -hmm. Craig McNichol, Keith Baker.
1: Special mention to Zawiza for listening to us while raking leaves. I can attest yard work is more enjoyable when geeks are yammering in your ears.
0: On our webpage, Tim Price for some great feedback on our Thor Fantastic Four issue.
1: And our Patreon update and thanks. First of all, I want to start off by saying that for those of you who are on our Patreon, you may notice that we finally dropped our first actual episode of Patreon content, which we are offering to people who donate to us at the $5 and above level.
0: Which is the Energizer level.
1: Which is the Energizer level. And we did that by reviewing Viewing the first issue of the power pack all ages book that came out in 2005 we are going to continue to do that once a month going to go through all of those mini series that started in 2005 and do one issue at a time and present that to our patreon supporters as a thank you to them so if you would like to hear us review those issues come on and join us at patreon but also to our other contributors of patreon we want to say our special thank yous edward v thank you edward ever exciting edward Char L. Thank you, Char. Cheerful and charming Char.
0: Tim. Thank you, Tim.
1: Truly terrific and terrifying Tim.
0: <laughs> I guess he was Mephisto. Yes. Yeah. For those who want to hear the final wrap up of the Mephisto miniseries, please head on over to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast for episode 87, Ring of Fire.
1: This is the after party roundtable discussion about how this all came about and our final thoughts. It was a lot of fun, and I had a good time hanging out with those guys. Why weren't you there?
0: I was busy, I went over to my mom's place and helped her do a lot of uh, work around her I'm house. I'm sorry,
1: I, I apologize. I have to stop you all from time. Excuses, excuses, yeah. excuses.
0: Well, it's because I run with a more dangerous crowd than a bunch of podcasters. I run with my mommy. Touché. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly, self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter, at JeffRickPresent, our Facebook page, Jeff Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and com.
1: And, as we mentioned above, if you would like to support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Tell
0: your friends about us or share your love for us on social media.
1: And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our life. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie.
0: My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora.
1: we We love love you you, and we want to wish everyone a happy holiday and a merry new year until next time and in honor of stan lee who when we recorded this passed away about a week ago excelsior Excelsior. our theme music is 80s action by kevin mcleod at acompetech.com and is licensed under creative commons by attribution 3 license also featured is masks theme song midi version by self-destruct boy who granted permission for its use Kenner! 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 Kenner, Kenner, Kenner! Just in time to meet the Venom. <laughs> hmm. T- the
0: Venom. TM. TM.
1: And into a South Bronx Express...
0: <laughs>
1: Bronx? <laughs> Bronx? <laughs> South Bronx Express? Tron.
0: It was the do, worst thing do. I ever did. It was <laughs> the worst thing. And everybody saw a on each other. Wait, and
1: wait. Yeah, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Yes.
0: <laughs> We're going to like this kid. <laughs>
1: yeah. Puree it is, man. <laughs> Tiny Jack, channeling Newt Rockney, tells the fearful fowl to put on his big horse's britches full. Hmm. Katie's line,
0: drop! Friday is amazed to see Lord Lurd? Lord Lord Lerd- Kerfie. Lurd Kerfie. Lurd Oh my gird, it's Lord Kerfie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That takes you back. I'm sorry. Listen here, little floored flatter.
1: Mm, Wow.
0: (laughs) Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy.
1: Hi, Daddy.
0: Hi, Hi. Carrie. (laughs) Did you read the book? I did.